Welcome in to the Crawford Talks, an Astros podcast brought to you by The Athletic, our first episode after the 4th of July weekend, after we hopefully we are edging closer and closer to the start of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Uh, there have been issues, though, to say the least, when it comes to this weekend and the last couple of days, and we're going to delve into those. I'm Mike Meltzer. He is Jay Kaplan. We're going to discuss discuss a number of things during this episode, what the deal is with uh, the Astros as far as who is there and who is not. We're going to talk about what it's like to cover this team during this pandemic. Jake, how are you doing? I'm okay. I uh, hope everyone out there is, is staying safe and wearing a mask when they're out in public. Um, this has been a weird few days, I think, leading up to this podcast. Since our Between shows, since our last podcast, we've really gotten the first taste of, you know, uh, spring training 2.0, summer camp, preseason workouts, whatever you want to call it. And I think the first few days have really underscored a lot of the different quirks of just like how the teams will be covered by the media in 2020 and, and how fans, you know, experiences following their teams will be different. What has it been like for the last three days? Like what are, what is the typical schedule like for you guys covering this team on a day in day out basis? Yeah, it's been, um, different, slightly different every day. Um, you know, there's, there's Zoom interviews with a couple players every day. There's Zoom interviews with Dusty Baker every day. All of them have been so far after the workouts in the late afternoon, or mid to late afternoon. And um, yeah, you kind of just wait for them to, to wrap up. And then and then you these players pop into your Zoom screen um, for a few minutes each. It's it's I don't know the whole and then like the, the I think the weirdness factor or I don't know if weird's the right word, but like. I don't know. Usually when we're covering spring training or even the regular season and a player is absent, um, you know, you know why you can get the full story of, you know, whatever mm-hmm. they're dealing with injury wise. Um, but because, you know, of the privacy issues related to the coronavirus, um, it's just going to be unique this year. We're not always going to know exactly what's going on with every player, why this a player is absent. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to, you know, unfortunately go on the whole year as long as they play. Um, you know, I should note at the top, the athletics policy is not to report that a player has tested positive for COVID-19 or been added to the COVID-19 injured list unless the player, his representation, the team or the league has announced it publicly. Um, some teams have announced player names of, of positive cases. The Astros are not one of those teams. The teams that have announced obviously got permission from the players. Um, and also, I think it's important to note that someone being away from the field or absent from the workouts doesn't mean they have COVID necessarily. It could mean they have exhibited symptoms or think they were exposed to someone who has or exposed to someone who thinks they were exposed to someone. There's a lot of different nuances and, and um, different things involved here. Uh, and it's just going to make for a weird um, or a different, I should say, experience following the ongoings of the teams from a, on a daily basis. Yeah, it's, it's going to make the discussion challenging because, you know, especially once the regular season begins, hopefully if the regular season begins, then 
ostensibly, Jake, you're going to have players disappearing for, let's say, a week or two weeks or possibly even longer. And you know what's going to happen. Immediately, fans are going to speculate as to why that's going to be the case. And I get that speculation. I get from a fan standpoint why you know you would do that because of what's going on with these privacy concerns and these teams, unless it's, let's say, Freddie Freeman with the Braves or I think Miguel Sano I saw on the bottom line scroll this weekend. Unless it's one of those situations, then you're not going to know the exact reason the player's not there, but that's what the immediate fan speculation is going to go to. It's it's going to be a very, it's already been a very strange situation. Uh, like I, in my career, I have not dealt with something like this because typically, you know, when a player is not playing, it's usually for some sort of baseball-related injury. Uh, and if it's not, you usually, although not always, have some idea as to why they're not there, but not in this situation. Yeah, I think it's just going to really change how we talk about the game, how we talk about rosters. Just the whole discourse is going to be different in certain ways because of it. Um, you know, it's not as simple as a baseball injury where we can delve into it, diagnose a timeline, talk to the player about how he's feeling, um, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's just, just, I think, important to preface um, the, the upcoming weeks with that. And if people are wondering why we're not, you know, speculating about a certain guy's status or, or health. That's, that's, that's why. Yes. And we can't do it at this point. So that's just the way it's going to have to be. And so on that note, so we've had, let's see, Jake. So everybody reported by Friday, not everybody, but just the team, they started workouts Friday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're speaking on Monday as we begin, you know, the port, the post 4th of July period. Again, technically, the Astros, like all these teams, less than three weeks to go until, you know, opening day. So the timeline is fairly yeah, happy quick. Scheduled, and scheduled release day. Schedule release day. Yes, we'll discuss in the second episode uh, this week what the Astros schedule is going to look like and some of the big matchups, the, the matchup with the Dodgers, what that looks like, etc. Um, but right now, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Urquidy are not there, Josh James and Joe Smith. Going through those real quick, Dusty Baker has said on Alvarez and Urquidy, they have a condition that is preventing them from re reporting to the field. He can't disclose it because of league mandates. Josh James, personal reasons. Uh, Joe Smith is not there as well. So right now, from an Astro standpoint, there are four guys who are not in summer camp. Although at that least. Also yeah, I, at least. I mean, we've learned of a new one every day, so... Uh, this is true. There could be so four, ones that we don't know about. Yeah, four so far. And it's also a fluid situation because, you know, one or two or more of these guys could show up on Monday or Tuesday or Friday. Who knows? And guys could also leave. So it's it is truly a fluid situation. Yeah. And that, that kind of reinforces just how difficult it is to cover this um, right now, because we also don't know like when each player comes back how long they need to get back into game shape and and how, yep. how it impacts readiness like it's just there's just so much to to digest in these new this new world of of baseball um but yes to 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 reiterate your point there's four at least four astros that we know of that haven't been at the workouts for various reasons so far um you know and and you know it's going to be worth monitoring every day uh, who's there and who's not for the, the coming weeks. Well, let's talk for a moment, Jake, about on-field impact, especially with the first two guys that we mentioned, Alvarez and Urquidy. 
Alvarez, one of this team's best players, one of its best hitters, a guy who, you know, when he's hitting well, he can be the cleanup hitter, obviously, at, at times. The 2019 AL Rookie of the Year. Um, if he's not the DH, who is the DH? Is it Kyle Tucker? Is it whoever's not starting in the outfield? Who would they even put in that spot? I think it would just end up being a rotation would be my best guess. Um, you know, one day it's Springer, one day it's Brantley, that kind of thing. Um because they don't really have like a another defensive liability um, who's like that profile of Alvarez. Um, you know, it, it would get presumably Toro onto the roster as an extra bat. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, I would I would I would guess just like a rotation, kind of like what uh, AJ Hinch used to do. I think that makes sense. I, like, it, it's so weird because in a normal situation, if this was a normal spring training, I would be, you know, sounding the, the alarms on this, uh, except given what's going on in baseball, like I mentioned the fluid situation about a minute or two ago. I'm sure it's going to be a fluid situation for the other teams as well. So I don't really know yet how compromised the Astros are or will be compared to these other teams because it's going to be an ongoing situation. So I'm sure other teams are going to have their own issues with some of their players as well. Yeah, and you don't know, for the guys who are away from the field, you don't know exactly what kind of shape they're in or what they're doing while they're away from the field because we don't know why they're necessarily away from the field. So, tough to talk about. I do want to mention, though, with Arkady and James, uh, those are the two guys who we expected to be the four and five starters in the rotation. They still could be the four and five starters. Again, we have no idea what's going on. Um, but, <laughs> Thanks but, for listening. But the point, yeah, exactly. But the, po- but the point, though, is uh, let's say they have to go. It, it sounds like James is going to be there sooner rather than later. So I'll just leave that one at that. Uh, let's say they have to fill one rotation spot for a couple of weeks when the season begins. Who do you think would be the top two candidates or so, Jake, to get into that rotation? And again, they may not have to go, you know, six innings every time. That would be nice, but unrealistic. Who are some of the guys they'd be looking at to fill that last spot? If healthy, um, Austin Pruitt, Fromber Valdez, and Brian Abreu um, would be the next three in line if they're available. Um, and I don't... Another tricky part of this is... Um, so I haven't, I've been working remotely for just my own comfort and not feeling, you know, particularly safe, um, with the alternative, but for the reporters who have been at Minute Maid Park, they have, from what I've been told, they've only gotten to watch the position player workout and not the pitcher workout. Okay. So I guess the pitchers work out first and then the position players. So who knows like which pitchers are actually there? Um, so it's, it's all just <laughs> yeah. so hard to like say like who, who's available, who's healthy. I don't, I don't know. I mean, if we're presuming that everyone that we don't know about as not being there is healthy and available, um, we can only go off of the information we had at the end of spring training part one. And, you know, at the end of spring training part one, the rotation, it would have been, I think, I think Pruitt and Valdez were kind of the next in line with Abreu lurking. And okay. so I would guess between those three, it would depend on like who's looking the best, who they feel is best equipped to start versus come out of the pen because Pruitt does have experience doing both. Abreu has some experience doing both. Valdez is more of a starter. Um, so I, I think it would just depend on like 
how they look and, and how the staff felt that each would respond to various roles. It seems at the same time that everything's happening quickly and yet slowly at the same time, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, technically three weeks from now, we're going to be talking about, you know, them having, let's see, three weeks. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about them having played three games, theoretically. And yet it feels like that that's very quick. And yet uh, I was telling our producer, Mike Zimmerman, this uh, before this morning, uh, I feel, Jake, like this is going to be the longest next couple of weeks ever, <laughs> given the stories that we're going to be tracking about, you know, COVID-19 and what the testing protocols are in Major League Baseball right now. It feels like it's going to take forever to get to July 23rd and 24th. Yeah, it does. I, uh, I don't know. And it's like we're not learning a ton new about the team in these three weeks, right? Like from a performance standpoint, from a roster, like who's moving ahead of who, who looks good. It's just so hard to tell. And like the only thing we're really learning is like who's there and who's not. Uh, to an ex- And that's, even that's to an extent. Now, Dusty Baker did say that Jose Altuve this weekend took what? One of the best batting practices he's ever, he's ever seen? Dusty Baker did did praise Jose Altuve's uh, round of batting practice yesterday. I'm not I'm not sure how you. Uh, that's a lot of batting practices for him to go through in his mind uh, over the years. How do you how do you rank and qualify what's good and what's bad? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question because the first thing I think of is like you know I mean Al- Altuve obviously you know will hit his share of home runs but he's not like a dude who's hitting forty or fifty home runs a season. I would think if I'm a guy who's been around as long as Dusty, the guys who have the best batting practice are probably the ones who like put on those like prodigious displays of power. And Altuve is probably not like one of those guys. But uh, I, who the hell? I mean, who the hell knows how how you rank these guys? Maybe I, I don't maybe know. it's like exit velocity on line drives. Maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been different. Um, you know, we've gotten Dusty Baker on zoom calls, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday after the workouts. And, um, I don't know. It's just such a different experience covering, covering, uh, and doing interviews through zoom calls as opposed to, you know, standing next to someone and asking them questions in person. Um, definitely still getting used to it over here. What is it like compared to a typical spring training? Like, what is a typical spring training like for you? Yeah, so like in spring training, um, you know, the first ten days to two weeks are, um, you know, it's an open clubhouse early in the morning. There, are, there, there are a lot. It's a lot of mornings, first off, which is different than the regular season, but. Um, the clubhouse is open to reporters in the morning, then the players work out, uh, and then the clubhouse is open again. And you can basically just, if you're a reporter, just talk to whoever you want, whoever's around, whoever has time and is available and get one-on-one interviews if, if possible and get to really know, um, the people you cover. Uh, right now, you know, we don't, uh, we're kind of just given a couple players every day um you know I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get to kind of pick as we go a little bit you know more so but so far it's just kind of been like all right here's who's coming on the zoom next and you get those players and you and it's a group big group on zoom i would say like it looks like there's like a couple dozen people on there usually and uh yeah you just pepper the guys with questions they you know the astros have like their 
a room set up in their home clubhouse off, off to the side of their home clubhouse, like where their travel secretary's office is with like an Astros backdrop for the hitters. And then um, there's another room in the video room on the visiting side for on the pitchers where the pitchers are camped out um, to do zooms. So there's like a PR representative helping the players get yep. connected and then they hop on and then they hop off. It's just, it's just a very different experience. It's very easy to, uh, you know, two reporters asking these questions at the same time because of the internet lag and talking over each other. And <laughs> I'm sure the, uh, uh, would you say that the Houston media who covers this on a daily basis is especially tech savvy? Um, no, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Um, you know, there's, there's been some, some trouble with, uh, people asking questions when they're, they're still on mute. Um, Mike, I have to, uh, stop myself here. We've got, I think this is the first time this has happened since we've started taping four months ago. We've got breaking Astros news mid podcast. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. They're not going to work out today. They're not going to work out Monday. Um, because they are still awaiting Friday's COVID-19 test results. And they were supposed to get tested every two days and they're already, they're getting tested Monday, uh, which is not every two days. That's, you know, three days. So things sound, sound like they're going, uh, terribly so far. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be fair, Jake, in my own mind for how much I should blame baseball or not, because I, I really blame the country more than baseball for the current situation that we're in. I mean, there's only so much, you know, Rob Manfred and the owners can do. Uh, having said that, and I also want to give them a little bit of grace because they essentially just started the workouts Friday. But when you hear these stories, let's see, you know, with the Astros, um, the Nationals, I think, canceled their workout Monday as well. When you hear these reports about late test results or especially, you know, testers not showing up, I, I can more understand the test results being a little bit late because it's a holiday weekend and they're starting to implement all of their health and safety protocols. But the testers not showing up, I don't understand how that happens. Like, what what is the process by which these testers are supposed to be there and then they're not there. How exactly does that happen? I have no idea. And it really like, so they have one local or one uh, central um, testing facility where they send all this stuff to in Utah. It seems like, yep. I don't know, maybe have more than one and, and spread them out across the country. Um, I know. And like, we also have to be sensitive to the fact that like, we don't have enough testing in this country, right? Yes. Like we're, we're, that's a big issue. And you can argue the ethics of, you know, even playing right now when we don't have enough tests for everyone. Um, but yeah, the whole thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a really ominous start. You hope that it's just like a one time thing because of the July 4th holiday and that they'll get on track after this, but it's just definitely a, uh, just a bad start for, for MLB on these testing things. And also, like, twice every two days, testing every two days isn't enough to begin with, right? So, like, now, in my opinion, they should be tested every day. I so, agree. So, now you're, you're – you're, it's just it's just bad. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I have no idea what, what the logistics of, you know, te of, of taking tests like this in general are. Because when you think about testing every day, I, I agree with you. The NBA is the league that's going to test every single day. I imagine whatever they're doing, probably their lab is in Orlando where all the teams are going to be. In, in baseball, you have a different situation. 30 teams in a ton of different locations. Like, I, I guess I just wonder, like, how quickly can you get the uh, those samples 
from wherever a team is to Utah. I imagine it's a lot quicker if you're, let's say, the Dodgers than it is if you're the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Um, I mean, I don't even know what you do. What do you like send them in a FedEx plane? Like if you want to ship something that quickly, how does that even get done? Maybe I should know these things, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it even matters on where you are because the A's, according to our A's writer, Alex Coffey, uh, their tests as of Sunday were sitting at SFO, you know, from yep. still waiting to go. And, you know, Oakland to Utah should be a pretty direct flight. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have to think that the holiday is the big issue here. But like I said, it's an ominous, ominous start. It's costing teams days of practice that they don't can't really afford to lose. Um, and it's just it's just not good. It's all around. It's just it's just it really underscores how hard this is going to be for MLB to pull off. Um, yeah, so breaking news on the podcast. Sorry to get off topic from our Zoom conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, I just wonder real quick, like, how long does baseball have to figure this testing out? Because I feel like they need to figure it out this week, at, you know, as quickly as yeah, possible. Last this week. is not something that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ideally, yes, last week, a- agreed. But I-, I feel like just based on timeline, again, opening day technically is going to be two and a half weeks away. Like this is a pretty rapid turnaround. They need to figure out this testing and make sure the results are in quickly and the testers are showing up. Manfred needs to figure that out this week, like within the next couple of days that has to happen. Yeah. Um, and like, we didn't even talk about like the initial batch of testing results that they uh, released. What was that? Fr- Saturday. Uh, and that was a joint release from MLB and the, and the union. And that was like very, I thought, like misleading and not representative of the entire league um, because it was just a few days of intake testing. It didn't include everyone. It didn't include players who tested positive before they came to camp. Um, like, I just don't know what the purpose of releasing incomplete data like that is either. So just like a just a bad two days, three days all around and on the testing front altogether. So what exactly happened with that initial batch of testing? They they had their big sample size, but then we found out that some teams, I think including the A's. Of, a lot of teams, it sounded like, were not finished at the time of that, uh, you know, to get their full information into that announcement. Understood. So it seems like the, the easy solution would have been not to have the announcement. Yeah, wait till Monday. I don't know. <laughs> wait, yeah, wait until all the teams have had their first round of testing complete and then release your your statement, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't know how frequently they'll do that, but um, yeah. Off to a roaring start That makes here. sense. Yeah, off to a roaring start. So uh, getting back real quick to what it's like, Jake, covering this team, do you guys have a sense, like, for, for example, in a normal spring training, how often is a Jose Altuve or a Carlos Correa speaking to reporters? Is that, is that every day? Is that every couple of days? And how is that going to compare to what it is now? Yeah, I think it it's probably every couple of days. Um, and it's not always reporters. Sometimes it's, it's, it's not hard to get a one-on-one interview in spring training because it's such a relaxed atmosphere. Um, and I assume now that the Astros are doing the zoom interviews where they get to pick the players who are talking that the it'll basically lead to guys doing a lot less frequent interviews is my guess. And that's unfortunate. Like, yes, you know, once a guy does it one day, you probably won't see him for a bit is my guess. But now once game starts, games start, it will be dictated by what happens in the games. Right. So you could end up getting Altuve every day, for example, if he's the star of every game or, or vice versa. So, um, 
I do think these three weeks will be different than what it's like in the regular season. But um, from like a spring training perspective, it's a huge contrast to um, to what media is used to. And, I'm, and I don't want people to think I'm complaining like this is necessary. It's necessary safety precaution. You know, we should be taking every possible precaution. But it's just a reality of of how we're going to cover the team differently this year in some ways. And um, even you and I like it's just it's just different for us to um you know, base our podcast episodes off of when we're the access is just remote instead of, you know, in-person interviews where you, when you can really get the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, it, it's so bizarre because, you know, I, again, typically there are typically you hear from these guys more. There are games that start at some point so you can, you know, kind of react to, you know, how trends are happening, what the latest start is by a Verlander or a Granky. We're not going to have that for the next two and a half weeks. I feel like the next two and a half weeks are going to be a lot of what we've been doing so far in this episode, which is like random breaking news about this thing <laughs> or that thing going wrong with Major League Baseball. The Astros like that. That's what it feels like these next two and a half weeks are going to be. Yeah, I think th- and I think that's important for us to keep harping on um you know the protocols the testing the stuff that is going to determine whether they can actually play this year um you know the rest of it who looks good who who's built up in comparison doesn't matter if there's no season um so i think you know that's fair we have to balance like the inside baseball stuff and the bigger picture of the coronavirus and how it's impacting the chances for a season and even the players' daily routines, I think it's interesting how different their lives are right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I'm trying to put myself in, a, in in their shoes. I I can't imagine what they must be going through because on one hand, you know, they have to approach it like they're like they're approaching a typical season. In that, if you are you know one of the Astros' starting pitchers or a hitter, you're you, you have to have the you have to have the mindset that the games are going to happen because this is the highest level of professional baseball. It's really really hard, and so you have to kind of plow ahead, thinking I need to get myself to a certain level. And yet, life is so different, and there's such uncertainty that you have to have a real level of I'll just say I'll I'll, I'll say mental toughness to be able to properly approach this because of the uncertainty that lingers not only in the next two and a half weeks i think that's going to be the the big uncertainty but even after that even hopefully once the season begins there's still uncertainty about does the season finish do you get to the postseason as well right yeah it's gonna it's gonna be uncertainty until october 28th or whatever game seven of the world series would be right like there's yep you don't know um and that's 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 uh just so different, so unprecedented than anything we've ever we've ever covered here. We picked quite a year to start this podcast, I must say. Yes, we did. Yeah, between everything, between sign stealing and between the pandemic, it's been bizarre. I do have a quick question. Do you know, Jake, what it looks like inside Minute Maid Park? Not like where, not like you know the, the press box. You know what that looks like. But have the players been asked like the clubhouse or the locker rooms? I, I imagine that's set up very differently now than it used to be. Do you have any sense on that right now? Yeah, so the pitchers are in the visiting clubhouse and the position players are in the regular Astros home clubhouse. And okay. so that way they can all have empty lockers next to them on either side, at least one on either side to social distance. Um, and that's the biggest difference, I think. Um, and I think it's it's somewhere in the mid-20s of players training at Minute Maid Park. So you think about okay. split in two 
that's pretty that's a pretty light uh attendance for a clubhouse of those sizes to have let's call it 13 players in each clubhouse um so i think that's a pretty good way to do it and, and socially distance do they have any idea what happens <laughs> Hopefully, inevitably, when they play teams at Minute Maid Park, where where does the road team go? Where where do they put their players? Well, I think that they, they would have to change this strategy once the season starts. Um, okay, and that is an extra challenge. They'll have to find a way to socially distance twenty five players in the home clubhouse. Which I mean, it is a big clubhouse. Most home clubhouses are pretty large these days, um, but. I don't think they can, you know, they probably have close to 40 lockers in there, if I'm just guessing. So, like, they, yeah. not everyone would have um, an empty next to them if they did it. Unless, unless, I mean, maybe they could just put, you know, sorry, eighth reliever, you have to go into this other room. I don't know how that yeah. would work, I, but. I'm on, I was honestly envisioning some, you know, some lockers having to be basically on. I don't know if I'd say the concourse because it's down on like the first level, but that's what I'm kind of envisioning given just how many players. I mean, you'd have technically 60 players in one place between both teams, right? Yeah. I mean, very separated, though. Like they're they're not in the same clubhouse. Um, yes, of course. Yes, well, yeah. of course. Just, just between the stadium yeah, yeah. in the stadium. Um, yeah, I don't know if, he's, if Colin McHugh's Instagram has been really on point the last few days. And he um, he posted like going into the Fenway Park and like their lockers are in like the suite level of Fenway Park because that clubhouse is tiny uh, because the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, so I did old. see that. And so um, every team's handling it differently depending on their their space and their dimensions and how how their home clubhouse is. But um yeah, for the Astros, uh, I guess they are fortunate that their their home clubhouse is relatively uh, large. Well, that'll wrap up this edition of the Crawford Talks. Again, a bizarre one because, <laughs> you know, we've got guys who aren't there that we can't talk about why they are not there or are there. We don't even know. Uh, and we had some breaking news about the Astros canceling their Monday workout because of delays in testing results and testers showing up as well. Hopefully by Thursday... Hopefully, Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred has figured out this testing situation. And by Thursday, we will know what the Astros schedule is going to look like for 2020. So we will discuss that in detail, who they start with, the tough stretches, possibly the easier stretches, how things finish up. So look forward to that on Thursday's edition of the Crawford Talks. This has been the Crawford Talks, an Astros podcast brought to you by The Athletic. The Athletic.